0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer, joined in studio by Jeff Ruppberg and Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio. NBA and NHL playoffs keep moving on, LeVar Ball keeps talking, and the Phillies keep struggling. Just another week in the world of sports. If you'd like to call in and join us, ask a question, make a comment, that number is 888-729-9941. Jeff, uh, what caught your eye this week? My eye? You're
1: talking to me, right? Yes. Okay, all right, because okay, we're both named Jeff. Yes, right. I know. So what caught my eye is that Ryan Howard uh, was cut by the Atlanta Braves' uh, A farm team this week. He was only batting uh, 184 in 11 games with just one home run. I still think that he'd be a great uh, coach in the minor leagues. Do
0: you think that they gave him enough of a chance with 11
1: games to show a no, sample? No, I think they should have given him more. But look, uh, he's blocking somebody coming up from AA to that team. So
0: well, that was the story, understand. the start of his career being blocked. And so it, it kind of comes full circle. Jeff Cohen, do you think that Ryan Howard gets the respect that he deserves? Or is that overshadowed because of the way his career ended in the city? I don't think he does at this time. I think he will. You think it'll be appreciated uh, more later?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, until he blew out his Achilles, he was the guy that you just stopped if you were watching TV or if you were at the ball game and just waited for him to swing.
0: Absolutely, you. It was it was can't miss TV. He was either going to strike out or hit a home run. Uh, it, it was before all the shifting, and I mean, he would launch some some baseballs out there into the night that you just didn't know that that people could hit it that far.
2: And you know what comes out of this, it's, and it also comes with Carlos Ruiz coming to town this week is we all need to start thinking about ten year, almost 10 years ago. What a great team we had. Those guys are historically good for this city. Do you believe it's been 10 years at this point? It, it, it is so hard to believe. And, and, and seeing the guys towards the end of their careers, it's kind of sad. But we all need to just start appreciating them.
0: So, Jeff, you were at the game on Tuesday night uh, with the Mariners, uh, the ten nine 9 slugfest. Thoughts on what you saw? Carlos Ruiz did not get the start, yeah, poor, uh, but poor, he did get honored and that impressed some Mariners players. Yeah, poor former farmhand
2: uh, Tuffy Goswitch got the start <laughs> at catcher, and they, uh, the Phillies fans booed him. But I don't think they were booing Tuffy Goswitch. They were booing the fact they that Carlos Ruiz— Yeah, exactly. So uh, wh- what struck me from that game was that they ca- they got out to a 4 nothing lead in the
0: first inning and just blew it again. You're shocked to hear that the Phillies bullpen did not hold a lead.
2: I, I really thought the bullpen was going to be better this year, and and they don't have the right roles. Um, they're not, in, you know. You see, with a lot of the successful teams these days, you have guys that are in specific roles, and once they settle into those roles in those
0: innings, you see those bullpens succeed. Let's talk bullpen in one second. I just want to make one more point on Chooch. I was at the game on Wednesday when he did start. And the first time he came up to bat, the fans gave him a standing ovation, and, and it was um, nice to see him welcome back to the city and supported by the fans.
1: Well, I, I stayed up to watch that ten to nine game, and at the end, I was kicking myself like, why did why if I why did I do that? It's, it's uh, you know I've been following the Phillies for more than fifty years, and I keep telling myself, don't stay up, don't stay up. When I don't stay up, they win. So would you, bet, see, if, it was,
2: if, if it was like they should make it like Little League, so make it seven yeah. innings and the Phillies record would be much better. Oh,
0: much better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They they would be better. So you actually heard. So the Phillies did not have another great week. They've now lost 10 of their last 12 games. And like we started to talk about, their bullpen issues continue. Now, in Wednesday's game, they were behind from the start. The bullpen didn't really matter. Right. Uh But Tuesday's game, like you said, they were out to a four nothing lead. What is there an answer, and what is your analysis, Jeff Cohen, of, of what is going on with this team right now?
2: Well, you, you can say it every week. You can ask me the same question, and I'm going to tell you that the answer to all of this is to take Vince Velasquez and stick him at
0: the end of the bullpen. That's all you got. Uh, no, you got no, one shot, and that's all you got.
2: No, because <laughs> because if you do that, and then you take Hector Neris, and you move him to the eighth inning, and you move a couple of those guys to the sixth and seventh inning, and now you only need your starters to go five, six, seven innings. Eikhoff's capable. Ikoff struggled this week, but for I think he's going to be a horse. I think if Nola comes back healthy and the rest of the, the Hellickson, they have a decent enough rotation that if they get that back end of the bullpen set, I think that they'll win a lot more games. But they're, they're falling behind so fast with regard to their record now. I don't know if they're going to be able to catch up if they don't fix this soon.
1: I think... In, in years past, when the Philly season has ended in June, we're at the All-Star game. I
0: just switch allegiances to another team. Oh, God, don't talk about changing teams again. You got killed all winter for switching to the Giants. Yeah, now just you're going to jump game. on the baseball team? You can't do that, Look Jeff. out the
2: window. It's raining. You can't be a fair weather fan today. You, you, no. can't, you can't do
0: that. Okay, so your thoughts on a player Benoit coming out and questioning the way that the team's being managed in terms of not having defined bullpen rails. Now, in fairness, he had just given up five runs in a third of an inning. So he might not have been a happy person, but do you think that, are you of the mindset that look, you're a pitcher just coming and throw the ball or if they knew what to expect more, they would perform better in that role. As the layperson fan, it's as
2: simple as go in and do your job. Okay. However, in the world of baseball, it has been proven time and time again, and relievers say this over and over again, that, that they perform best when they know what their role is, when they know when they have to warm up, when they need to get their mind in the game. That has been proven time and time again, and and I think that Benoit was 100% right, but he was 100% wrong as to when he said it. You don't come out and start giving the manager a hard time after you give up five runs in a third of
0: an inning. Do you do that publicly? Do, do you go to the the manager privately? Or do you go to the media and and mouth off about it?
2: Well, Benoit apparently likes to mouth off at people, but the fact is, is he should have went to his coach and he should have said something.
1: I, I just said, uh, I ball players that have been outspoken in the past um, haven't done well during the year and then have been uh, uh, dismissed or cut or whatever. And I don't want Benoit to suddenly be uh, added to that group of Terrell Owens and Scott Rowland and uh, Schilling. Benoit is on
2: the last uh, hour of his career. Uh, I'm not too worried if he goes.
0: Yeah, uh, he's here as an arm in the bullpen. He's not the future of this team. But he does point to an issue that they have in that there is no definition of the team. We are on our third closer right now. Who is struggling, and you are in studio here suggesting with me today that we move to our fourth closer, who is a starting pitcher that we'll have to learn the role of closer while we do it. And so that's the. Now,
2: well, when are you going to have him start? Well, when when it, when is when is he going to move in the off season? Then you're just wasting
0: another year. So you you think that the solution to the Phillies' problems is Vinny from Philly? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh huh. Okay, we'll put, see. Put him in the bullpen, and uh, and who are they going to are they going to bring up? They have to bring up somebody to start.
2: They ha- they have a bunch of guys that can do just as well as Vinny. The, the problem with Vinny is is every game it's 5 innings. And it's 5 innings that he just toils. He either gets a lot of strikeouts and walks a lot of guys. He goes to 3-2 counts just interminably. It, it it you can't have a guy who can't go more than 5 innings all the time and they say continuously that
1: he's going to get injured the way he throws the ball. How about bringing somebody else up from uh triple yeah. a would you bring up
2: thompson or what would well, you thompson came up and and didn't do too well in his so he's the guy that i would bring up in the short term the guys in the long term there's
0: a guy named ricardo pinto and he, to me he's the next guy up so okay uh let's talk about another surprise so far this season uh aaron altair uh three games with three run home runs Uh, He's the first Phillies player to hit a three-run home run in three sheer games since Mike Schmidt in 1981.
2: And he also had two home runs in the last game that he had the three-run
0: homer. He did. Uh, What are we seeing
2: here? Because nobody expected this. We're seeing a healthy, athletic guy come into his own. Is he going to be a guy who routinely hits 35 home runs and 110 RBIs every year? I don't know if that's the guy. But... The difference between him last year and this year was he had a weak wrist after an injury. He had time to rehab in the offseason. He came in. He's got an amazing attitude. Everybody says that this guy works his butt off. He's the kind of guy that Philly fans can get behind. He is a hard working guy. He's a likable guy. You don't hear him saying anything about the manager like Benoit. And, and they've plugged him in now to the,
0: the three spot, and he's immediately taken to it. He has definitely played well. Uh, obviously, Saunders was out injured. What do you do with some of the bench players? I mean Kendrick? Kendrick without yeah. injury. What do you What do you do? Do you just ride the hot bat and and give him the experience in the starts right now and keep your veteran on the bench? Or uh,
2: if, if when Kendrick's ready to
0: come back, mm-hmm. I put Saunders on the bench. You put Saunders on yeah. the bench, put Kendrick in, and have Alteran mm-hmm. And that's what you view as the strongest potential. It's also a good. On. It's also a really good defensive outfield. It Which is probably is one good of the, for the pitchers. better outfields that mm-hmm. they've had in in a while. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the infield, Jeff. I know you pay attention to Tommy Joseph. Uh, what's going on at first base? Well, are Are you satisfied with what he's doing? For now,
1: now yeah, he's starting to hit more home runs and getting getting some hits. Um, but there's a guy down in uh, AAA, uh, Reese Hoskins, who is doing better. So. He's uh, bringing down Joseph's neck. We'll see.
0: Jeff Cohen, let's talk about Reese Hoskins. What are we seeing down on the farm with the Phillies, some of their young players, who's up, who's down? I know I sent you a text message earlier this week of a, a large home run. Um, by a large guy. By a large guy <laughs> and cousins. Uh, cousins,
2: is, cousins and Hoskins last year were the Bash brothers at double A. And that, that stadium is known as a bandbox. So people were concerned that when those two guys came up to AAA this year, that they were going to struggle, especially not only with a bigger ballpark, but with regard to pitchers that throw off speed stuff. Because traditionally in A you get more fastballs and AAA, you, got, you get guys who throw a lot of off speed stuff. Um, Hoskins took like a duck to water. He immediately came up. He's been hitting in the, in the mid 300s. He's been hitting home runs, driving in runs. Uh, he's a decent first baseman. He's not a great defensive first baseman, but he seems to have adjusted very quickly and he, you know, we heard Clintex say this week, don't expect to see Alfaro and Hoskins up here next week. But if Tommy Joseph doesn't start moving and for some reason, Brock Stazzi's in, in the outfield when he plays often as opposed to first base and he's actually a good defensive first baseman, then Hoskins is going to be up here quickly. Alternatively, you have Dylan Cousins, who got up to double A and the first thing he did was strike out literally fifty percent of his at bats and really seemed to struggle. But the last two weeks at a triple A, you mean. At triple, triple a triple yeah, at triple A. And the last two weeks he seems to have found something. He's got eight home runs.
0: That was he's, a bomb it, the other night.
2: He he is a phys, he's Giancarlo Stanton as far as his physical gifts. If you see that guy standing next to his teammates when they're doing the National Anthem, he just stands out. He's about 6'6". He looks like he's about 230, you 240. You and tall
0: people, man, I'll tell well, you.
2: Well, no, and he can move. I mean, he can. He, they had him in center field a little bit last year at AA. I wouldn't play him there on an ongoing basis. But the guy is an athletic specimen, and if he can fix the strikeout issue, then he's a guy that you want in the outfield.
1: So in the outfield, the Phillies soon could have Altair, uh, Cousins, and Herrera.
2: Yeah, and 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 I think that there's gonna there's gonna be a backlog at AAA. So it,
0: could, it would be a good, good thing, problem to yeah, have because you
2: have Nick Williams that's sitting down there, and he seems to be adjusting okay. Yeah. You have Roman Quinn down there who he seems to just be kind of waiting his time. He he's not he's not doing great down in AAA, but we've seen what he does when he gets up here. The problem is every year he gets injured. Mm.
0: Is there any team that has a stronger farm system in the city of Philadelphia than the Phillies? I mean, the Flyers have a lot of depth. Come on, the the Delaware 87ers. There there you go. That's what's going on. So let's talk coaching for a minute. Pete McCannon gets an extension. Are you happy about that? I think it's well-deserved. I think you're
2: seeing the younger players start to thrive especially the hitters and I don't know if it's just McKinnon I think that we all need to give a little applause to Matt Stairs because he seems to be doing a good job with the younger guys the only problem is the caveat is is Mikel Franco who I don't know what is going on with him because he's got more protection in front of him behind him and every single at bat he looks like he's going to break his ankle swinging he's very
0: undisciplined at the plate it's been surprising to watch at times, you know, Klentek admits they're in a rebuild, and so I don't think the metric for success is going to be wins and losses. Mm-hmm. It's going to be progress of the players as as they come up and move along. Um, so far, McCannon, it provides him some more security, so that you know they don't think he's a lame duck when he's trying to tell them what to mm-hmm. do. So I had no problem with. The Look what extension. Do you do with Caesar. Yeah. Caesar yeah.
2: Caesar yeah. is them. an all star caliber second baseman right now.
1: See, bench Caesar Hernandez for a couple games last year, and then. Mm-hmm. Hernandez comes back, and he's like an all-star, hitting 300 and, and getting all these hits. And he's, and it's continued to now. Maybe Franco needs to be benched for a, a week. But who do they have? Galvis could play third base. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, they have Andres Blanco, Blanco, Blanco who could play third so base.
1: So who down in the minors uh, is up and coming on third base? That's the
2: position they're weakest at. Uh, the third base is not their strength. Actually, their strength is second base because they have their second-round pick from a couple years ago, Scott Kingery. Who's batting over 300, hitting home runs? He's a little guy, and he's got a lot of power. Jeff Ruppert, they have assets that they can
0: move. Don't worry <laughs> about it.
1: So let's talk real fast.
0: Uh, moving on from Phillies. Uh, oh, okay. to, oh sorry,
1: Jeff, no, you want to make oh, one more wait. point? We covered it. Uh,
0: okay. Phillies division rival, the Mets. Uh, Matt Harvey this week had your attention. Jeff Cohen, uh, suspended for a game for going Great. out partying and showing up to the park late the next day. Uh, some other team issues, then comes back last night and gets absolutely shelled. Uh, Your thoughts? Matt
2: Harvey was a guy when he came up that had so much promise, which sounds like pretty much every Mets pitcher. Um, But he, from everything that I've heard, loves the nightlife, loves to be on page six in New York, Um, likes TMZ following him around, and it caught up with him. Again, I mean, this isn't the first time that he's had an issue with the Mets. And now he's got a situation where he apparently went out partying and then decided after that that he was going to go play golf, and then he decided he was just wasn't going to show up at the game. And yep. the Mets, I guess, have enough of a concern with him that they sent people over to his apartment. And after that, you know, the agent started saying, we're going to file a grievance, and now it comes out that uh, Matt Harvey was just not a great teammate
0: again. Jeff Ruppberg, you do not like players that you believe have character issues. Uh, you pay close attention to that, your reaction to Harvey and – and what you think about it all, and how they're handling it.
1: Well, it's great that it's another team. It's not the Phillies, or <laughs> one of the Philadelphia teams all the time. Um, I really wasn't uh, following it uh, a lot. I just uh, Every time I s- see that from another uh, player, I think of uh, uh, J.D. Who, or <laughs> his name was J.D. Drew, uh, and uh, uh, Terrell Owens, and John Elway that didn't want to play in Baltimore. It's like, if, well, if you don't want to play or you don't want to be a good teammate, then go do something and, else.
0: And we got into this off the air, and I'd like to talk about that for a second, because I hated that comparison. I saw <laughs> go, you go wrote ahead. it down, and I hated it. I don't understand how you compared J.D. Drew to Terrell Owens. J.D. Drew did everything he could to not play in this city, to make sure that we wasted a draft pick, to never play here. Terrell Owens sat in a hyperbaric chamber after he broke his leg to try and come back and win us a Super Bowl. Seriously, how do you put those two in the same boat i understand that year two did not go quite as swimmingly as year one i don't necessarily blame just to for that because i happen to believe it takes two to tango and there's plenty going on that we as fans didn't know about between mcnab and the front office and to and wanting money that's not my business all i know is that that was one of the more exciting seasons I've seen as an Eagles fan, and part of the reason was T.O., from the first game where he went deep with a bomb to the last game where he came back from an injury to put himself on the line to try and win a title for me, as opposed to J.D. Drew, who couldn't even be bothered to sign his name on a contract to step foot and play in this town. So I don't understand how they even got on the same
1: page. Because they're both terrific players. J.D. Drew went on to play for several World Series championships. Champions. Uh, He was a good outfielder, and... And just didn't want to play here. But T.O. Uh, did. But t- he chose t- here. T.O. T- P- wanted to play one year here, and he was great. He was a terrific one year. Uh, and then after that, he self-destructed. How do you know that he didn't want to play a second year here? He got fired. Uh,
0: but that, so <laughs> people don't necessarily leave a job because they want to. He may have wanted to stay and play. The situation may not have been where he was able to. I don't think it was T.O. that wanted out of Philly. I think it was the Eagles that were sick of the drama that was going on between T.O. and Donovan, which was more of an ego thing than an ability to play thing. It was so I'm also not gonna, a maturity thing. It was a maturity yeah, thing, and exactly. And it was a money thing, too. But, but it wasn't a commitment to playing for me as a fan. There have been few players that showed the commitment on the field to me as a fan like T.O. has in my time alive on this earth. He was a wide
2: receiver. Dude broke his leg. Every
0: great wide receiver seems to act like this. I don't don't know why. Dude broke his leg (laughs) and came back to play in the Super Bowl. He literally bought a hyperbaric chamber and slept in it. I don't understand how that even compares to somebody who made sure their agent did their dirty work so that they didn't have to step foot on this field to play for the great fans in this city. Jeff, why don't you take well, well, us to break unless you want to come back?
1: Well, that's Scott Rowland didn't want to
0: play here either. But again, I, I view Scott Rowland differently than I view T.O. L- l- let's,
2: act- let's go to break. I want to deal with the Scott Rowland thing when we get
1: back. Oh, okay. All right. You're listening to the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports when we return, we'll talk about the uh, the Phillies. We'll uh, continue with this, these players that don't want to play here, <laughs> and the Eagles and the NHL playoffs. Stay right here.
3: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one Or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family.
0: Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Koons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at com. And we're back. You're listening to the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. Uh, Jeff Cohen, Jeff Ruppberg here talking all things going on in the sports world. Before we went to break, we were talking about players who Jeff Ruppert does not believe wanted to play in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, he and I talked back and forth about J.D. Drew and Terrell Owens. Then he mentioned Scott Rowland and Jeff Cohen wanted to make a point in response. So we'll continue.
2: Yeah, I know I know this is past history, but, but I've never understood the disdain for Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland prayed pretty hard when he was here. He played great defense. He was a good offensive player and played on bad teams for a long time and said, you know what, if you're going to keep rebuilding, I want to go play for a winner. At some point, it's not that he do- you don't have an allegiance to a team or a city. I don't think he meant that at all. He just didn't want to sit on a bad team for his entire career.
1: Well, when, when a player doesn't want to play, I just... Give up on them. I like, all right, get out of here. So yes. you're like a he didn't stop playing.
0: So you're like a sperm lover. If somebody leaves no. you, they're they can never come back.
1: That's right. They can't.
0: Okay. So you just do you hold grudges against them? I, because like I, I appreciate what I people them. like I I wasn't a fan of Roland leaving, but I mean he played on that awful turf under bad teams and gave everything for this team for the time he was here. So I have no questions about what he did as a player. He
2: gave, he gave his health. I mean, he, he had a back injury that a lot of people believe had to do
0: with the, the turf that he was playing on. And, and that's what where, again, it separates me from your T.O. from your J.D. Drew. J.D. Drew didn't give anything. He's no, he, Scott Rowland gave himself. He considered giving himself. up
2: U.S. citizenship so he could avoid.
0: J.D. Drew did. I just. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand how they would even be in the same category. I just I saw that and I was like, wow. I,
1: I lump them all together and <laughs> tell them to get lost. So <laughs> so, so, Pat Schill, uh, not uh, what's his name, Schilling. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. Yeah, he could go too, and I don't pay any attention <laughs> to him. Well, there
2: are lots of reasons he can go. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, just, so, how do you feel about Charles Barkley? Oh, I, I didn't. I, I. He was never. The, a great player when he was here he was very good oh he, he was, wasn't
2: great he was never a great player he and was he a spe- whole thing definitely and just and trying to get that, some phone he, calls he here he i might have to give girl. out the phone
0: number just so people can call in and argue with him about that uh if you want to call and talk to jeff about whether charles barkley was a great player as a sixer you can join us at 888-729-9941 uh, uh he, wait he's wait out, so, so
2: it, it's it's okay if you don't want to like a player but but let's not rewrite history here. And Charles better. Barkley is a Hall of Fame basketball player, and his Hall of Fame career happened at the Sixers. His greatest years were here as a Sixer, as one of the great rebounders for his size in the history of the NBA.
1: They called him the round mound of rebound.
2: Yeah, and there were lots of other names. Yeah, but he rebounded.
1: <laughs> Who cared what he looked like? He was a great player.
0: Yeah. Is, he, is he this just another example just, of... Again, he he left, and therefore you block out what he did for the team. You just you're just not satisfied. Is that is that like the? That, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess I recognize talent and what people have done, I, and separate that from the anger or bitterness of being spurned at the time they leave. And, if and, I feel you, it. and usually,
2: even if you feel the way that you do, time seems to help. Heal those wounds. Oh, not for start. Jeff. <laughs> yeah,
1: your, your wounds never heal. That well, I, makes him more she, upset. He became a commentator, and I don't get his uh, his uh, sense of humor. Well,
2: that, oh, that's and, fine. And, Neither and, do I. And, but and, you can't. But you can't take away from what kind of player he was while he was here.
1: Was That's he, all he, I'm saying. He wasn't on that 1980 team when they... Yeah. He was on the no, 83 no, team. He was, he was on, on the 83, 83 So
2: he played, he, he played. I think, the last year
0: or last two years that Dr. J was
1: here. Yeah, he yeah, played okay. on the
0: 83 team. And okay. he played under some teams that were not great talent. No, I mean, no. I remember going to a game at the Spectrum where it was the Bulls against the Sixers. And him and Jordan just went off. Jordan mm-hmm. scored like 50. Barkley put up like 46 or 48. Great game. Sitting behind the basket with my dad. One of the cooler
1: experiences of my life. Again, I just just because you don't like the personality I, I don't i don't and and he spit on this little girl when he was uh he, he went went into the crowd um i don't know what that was about or why he did that. so can he, you later not re- later on he
0: apologize can you not respect sports talent because you can't see past the other things that uh, that happen from where you look at i'm just trying to figure know, this out because I, I was I, surprised
1: i, I uh, once he was traded i didn't really care anything about what he did or what he okay. said
0: but he was traded uh, let's let's
2: get it. Straight. The reason he was traded is because he demanded to be traded. Okay. Yeah. So, so, which hurt, that hurt the Sixers. But they no know big, Yeah, because they ended up getting, I think it was Perry and Hornacek.
0: Well, Charles Barkley's actually a good transition to the NHL playoffs for a second <laughs> okay. because he believes that the NHL playoffs are actually more exciting than the NBA playoffs. Now he's saying this as a paid commentator for TNT commentating on the NBA playoffs. Jeff Cohen, your thoughts on one Charles Barkley's take uh, and two take it wherever so like. right. you think. He is so
2: right. You turn on an NHL game, and every one of those games comes down to the third period. Players are playing hard. You get to the NBA playoffs, and they are unwatchable. There has except been,
0: last night. Like, last
2: night was the I think the first game in the last like three weeks that was less than seven points in an outcome, and most of them have been by double digits. So even if a series went late, it seemed that every game was won by 10, 15. Look, the the Rockets lost to the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard and without Tony Parker. By almost 40
0: points. That was brutal, that blow. That was 30%, embarrassing. 30% of this year's postseason games before last night, 19 out of 62, have ended with one team winning by 15 or more points.
2: And, and you know what that game told me, Not to anybody who didn't already think this? Greg Popovich is possibly the greatest basketball coach of all time.
0: The job that he did, it, it, the game before with the block on Harden from Ginobili was Fantastic, the the fact that he can still do that. By May 10th, there were 18 games played in the conference semifinals, and just two of them had been decided by less than 10 points. Uh, are the NBA playoffs supposed to be this uncompetitive, Jeff Ruppberg?
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I, I used to uh, watch them all the time. I just decided last night to watch the uh, NHL playoffs. Oh,
0: you missed a good game last night. Washington, actually, uh, John Wall... Made himself a a name in Washington, hitting the last second shot with three seconds to win the game, and then jump on the scorers table. Yeah, but let's
2: face it your your odds were before you turned the game on that it was just going to put you to sleep.
0: It could have put you to sleep. I mean, if you look at it, four of the ten playoff series so far have ended in sweeps. Mm -hmm. That's not what the NBA wants or needs. They, they're the finals is is a foregone conclusion. They're rolling quickly downhill to a uh, to a Golden State. Cleveland finals for Mm -hmm. the third time they'll market it as the rematch to settle the score I get that I don't think it's good for the NBA to not have competition leading up to it
2: I think it's it's good to have some dominant teams let's face it every great generation has a couple or three great teams but leading up to those the playoffs were always good when the Celtics were as good as they were and the Lakers were as good as they were they still had some other teams including our Sixers. That would at least make the playoffs exciting. Every once in a while, they'd pull off, a, you know, pull off winning a, a series. This is just horrible, and, and the NBA is going to go the way of the Dodo if they don't find
0: some way to fix this and create some sort of parody. Here's the thing, though. People are still watching. Are they? This week, I don't have this week's ratings. Last week's ratings, 12 of the top 25 cable events were NBA second-round games.
2: Yeah, but can, do, do ratings matter anymore? Because, because if you're binge-watching television shows, does that
0: count in the ratings? It does, well, it does for advertisers. If, if you're going to sell it in advertising and you still have eyeballs on the television, then that'll allow you to sustain your product. I mean, they had 4.94 million viewers for Game 4 of Spurs Rockets. You said cable. Well, but the I have argued for a long time that going to cable has been a— A challenge for these leagues you know Mm -hmm. i I liked it when i could go to to abc to to see the nba or Mm -hmm. nbc or or wherever it is like you know you know last week was uh the horse race with the kentucky derby and Mm -hmm. you know to go to nbc for that uh now with the cable with nbcsn and tnt and tbs and all these channels fs1 you don't even know where to go to watch the game sometimes but people are watching for all we talk about the NHL being a better product, while NHL ratings are up, there's still only one point three six five million viewers averaged and and the NBA is averaging almost five million. So you have this better product being played on a to a smaller audience and a, a worst product that's being played to a larger national brand. Well, what I do don't think ho- I don't
2: think hockey's ever going to surpass basketball in the number of people that are watching the sport. No. But for the quality of the sport that you're watching, there's no denying that the NBA quality has gone down while the NHL has maintained itself or gotten better.
0: I do think it's interesting. Again, I, you know, I work in media and technology and so I always look for how technology is changing the sports. I found a sh- stat about streaming. So you're talking about cord cutters, people who aren't watching on TV or cable. In the NHL, streaming has delivered th- nearly 300 million minutes or 1.3 million unique devices to 23,000 visitors through the first two rounds of the NHL playoffs. It, it goes to show you that, that people who want to watch will find it. Whether they are at home, now they have the opportunity to go and see it. They're seeking out these games. You had game one last night with Nashville and Anaheim. You know, some people would say Nashville hockey. They've actually turned into a really good hockey town. They won in a great game in overtime last night out in Anaheim. You want to talk about Philadelphia connection? Peter Laviolette's their coach playing. I think he still lives in Voorhees. He's playing very good hockey. But what is the appeal of an Ottawa Nashville final? <laughs> to well, the nation.
2: Mean, only to which to, na- to which nation? Well, well, for Ottawa, I will bet you the ratings in north of the border are great because they're just
0: happy to have a Canadian team back in. In the playoffs, I wonder if that's why the ratings are up this off season because you have Canadian teams back up back in the playoffs as last opposed year, to last seasons where they didn't have any Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that contributes to it. Okay, so bad example. See, Pittsburgh people will root against. People will root against Sidney Crosby and take the other team. But but even people that, will like also a, root for them. Like a Pittsburgh Nashville final for the right. majority of the country do they care or pick that's a lot of I,
1: I well people like me root for the underdog so they would root for Nashville for They're the-
2: all the underdog. Yeah, yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's the problem is you have four small market teams. You know you, you don't have any of the the
0: big teams of the NHL in, left in this
2: this final four.
0: Does that actually say that the NHL is doing it right from a salary cap perspective that yes. you have small market teams that can compete with the big boys? You know, you have an Ottawa that can take out a Rangers. You, you know, you have, uh, uh, teams that can take out the Blackhawks and, and that they have that competitive balance that you always hear about as opposed to the NBA where you have the dominant teams. Here, you, you have less the dominant expected storyline and more the unexpected suspense of who's going to make it.
1: Right, right. The, the NHL used to have dominant teams, uh, the Flyers. And the Montreal Canadiens,
0: the Oilers. Is it yeah.
1: better for a
0: sport to have a dominant team or competitive balance? Competitive balance. Jeff Cohen, you uh, don't. I don't think you're uh, at competitive yeah. balance. No,
2: I like to have dominant teams, but I want some balance. I don't want. I don't want what's happening to the NBA now. We're dealing with it worse than a lot of teams because we had a general manager who who just came out and said we're going to stink for a really long time and we're going to do it on purpose. Uh, and and more teams are going to have to go those, that route because smaller market teams in the NBA can't hold on to their stars even with the Larry Bird exception. Even with paying them the max, you can't get guys to stay there. So if they're not going to stay there, then the only way to do it is through the draft. And by the way, once they finally get good in four or five years
1: and they all gel, then they're all going to leave anyway. So, so... Philadelphia right now, the for all the teams, none of them, none of the teams have a dominant star. Somebody None of the teams
2: can... have won a playoff round in five years.
1: Yes, well, okay. Oh, oh, that that hurts. <laughs> half, half
2: a decade without winning a single round
0: in any sport, any of the major. Boy, I'm glad sports. that my son was born in this set of the five years, because hopefully these young players will play better and he can watch something. Because you're right, it's been a painful five years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and but there are there's nobody there's no Julius Irving here. There's no no. Uh, well,
2: well, there is, but they're all injured.
1: Well. But but so what I'm saying it's
0: the assets are here. Well, if okay, you have stars. If that like it's not like we don't have talent in the city. There's always an if or a but. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz is a budding star. If he is what people think he is as a quarterback, he would be a star of your team. Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, if they are healthy, would be legitimate stars in the NBA. The Flyers have young players that could turn into stars. They have stars right now who underperform given the opportunity. The, the well, who's the star on the Flyers? Well, people Please would don't say Giroux. Drew, I, I don't think he plays like it. Well, I, he
2: I doesn't. He's a good. He's a good player, I, complimentary player. I but I he think is they not need a
0: more vocal leader for the team. I, I have thought that for a while. I like Giroux as a player. I, I just. I don't see enough out of them. It takes you to the, the fact that the Flyers got lucky, uh, got the second pick in the draft coming up this year in what most people say is it's a two two-player hand. draft. Uh, leads you to, to question what will happen if they take a center. Uh, does that spell the end of like a Sean Couturier here? Uh, because I don't think that they would move Giroux. So, you know, you I th- have... I
2: think they have to. If, if they can get a couple pieces for Claude Giroux... He's a likable player. He's been here for a long time. He works his butt off. He's everything you want in Philly, but he's just—he's not the star. And you need somebody in the NHL that's going to lead as a star.
0: So Jeff hates the word assets, but yeah. I'm going to bring yeah. it up. If okay. you're another hockey team in the NHL and you look at the Flyers roster and you see Wayne Simmons, Jake Boricek, and Claude Giroux, and you said, I want one of them. Simmons. So Simmons, you want Wayne yeah. Simmons because of his age and talent, or
2: what's the everything? His makeup. He he is he's a big, strong guy. He plays both ends. He is he's by far the best individual player on this team.
0: So who's untouchable for you on the Flyers? Nobody. 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 So you, you wouldn't Simmons. While you think he's the best player there, you wouldn't not trade him if an offer came along. Mm-mm.
2: I would. Uh, there's nobody that's untouchable on a team that for five years hasn't won a playoff round.
0: So if we talk about teams that are untouchable and not untouchable and, and who's the face of the team, the NBA draft lottery is coming up this Tuesday night, and our star if, Joel Embiid, will be there for the lottery for us. He'll be there as they say what pick we have. I am obviously rooting for Sacramento to get the first pick <laughs> and the Lakers to get the fourth pick. <laughs> I would be totally fine with that working out. Me too, um, Jeff. Are you sleeping with your
1: lucky rabbit's foot? Wait, me <laughs> with well, the Sixers. T- to me, it doesn't matter who they pick because oh, no complain none about it later. I don't it, worry. No be but that was a couple years later, right? So who's so- injured? Oh, he's injured, who, who, right. Who, no, who, no, 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 Jeff, Jeff Cohen's who, looking
0: for the injured player that the Sixers might take. I see right. where you're going. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I see where you're going. No, don't uh, do that to us. Uh,
1: I'm not doing it to not but don't you do
0: that They're going to gonna take the guy who's injured. So if the Sixers would get the first pick by some way, Fultz. they would take Fultz. Yeah. If Fultz is not there and you're the Sixers and you end up with the second or third pick, what are you looking for given that the coach has said, and I still don't see how this is possible, that Ben Simmons is going to play the point? What are you looking for in a complementary player? Are you looking for a small forward? Are you looking Shoot. for a
2: shooting guard? I don't, I don't guard? care what he is. Somebody that shoots from the perimeter. And the guys that seem to be the guys to do that are the two Kentucky guys. De'Aaron Fo- Fox? Fox and Monk. Those are the two shooters. There's also a guy from Florida State that's pretty good, too, a taller guy. But, but I, I would go for one of these two Kentucky guys.
0: So you would go for a shooter? Because that's what I want. And, and, I want and, somebody who can knock down a shot – And is dependable. I don't want another body to clog the lane. You know, we've got Saric, We've got Simmons who's going to be driving. You've got Embiid who's going to be moving all around. I don't want a stationary body in the lane.
1: How how about LeVar uh, Ball? Alonzo Ball. Well, well, Alonzo. Alonzo
0: We're going to talk about Alonzo and LeVar in the third segment. I would not want him on the team. I don't think he compliments the Sixers well, and I've got questions about whether he's going to be able to get a shot off. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, why don't you take us to break, and we'll come back, and we'll keep talking about everything.
1: Or right, you're listening to the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, the family of Ball Lavar. Lavar well, is the topic. father, right? Yes. And Lonzo's the son who's going to be drafted by yep. some team. uh He will have to do something, however, before uh, the NBA uh, draft. So maybe a shot at the Eagles as a wide receiver. Uh, uh, we'll be right back.
3: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 888 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open
0: for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at com.
1: Great to be back with you on The Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. I'm Jeff Rutberg along with Jason Springer and Jeffrey Cohen. Alright, since we teased
0: Lonzo and Lavar Ball at the end of the last segment, let's go into it. Jeff, you asked me if I would draft Lonzo Ball. I would not because of his father. Jeff Ruppberg, would you want Lonzo Ball on your team?
1: No. No. no not at all. Um, again, JD Drew and Terrell Owens and the, he doesn't really want to come to the Sixers. How do you know that? Uh, his father, Salt said. I don't want to, I don't want, to, look, Lavar Ball is acting like uh, Eric Lindros' dad. So you, okay, so you don't want
2: here. what? It's lo, not what, even
0: close. All right. So all right, let's let's <laughs> flesh this out.
1: I, no, I don't want him. So here. you don't want him now.
0: No. Jeff Cohen has spent a lot of time thinking about Lavar Ball. He texts me regularly about Lavar Ball. Uh, Jeff Cohen, this is your opportunity to talk about Lavar Ball
2: again. Again. Yeah.
0: Why don't you tell us all yeah. why you are such a fan of Father Ball?
2: I have nothing uh, against I have nothing against Lonzo Ball. Let, let's start with that.
0: Yet, um, I don't see how his shot's going to get off. Yeah, in well,
2: I, I, that's different. But as far as personnel, as a person, I don't have a problem against him yet. And the, and the problem though is is this father, and and I as somebody who has coached in in kids sports for a long time, he is. Every single thing that is wrong with, with high pressure parents in sports. This is all about him. LeVar, don't forget, you shot like 2.3 points a game when you were in college. You were a failure in college. So you don't like him calling out Michael Jordan? It's ridiculous. First, it was Charles Barkley. Now, it's Michael Jordan. Now, he tell, says that he doesn't want to hear from Kobe Bryant. He doesn't no. want to
0: hear from LeBron James on how to uh, raise Le- LeBron,
2: kids. Yeah, LeBron told him to keep his kids' names out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Uh
1: Make making it, friends
2: it, for Lonzo. A,
0: a, a, he, he's selling his $500 ridiculously ugly sneaker. Uh, 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 you don't... Uh, look, okay. You only have to buy the $500 sneaker if you're a baller. If you're not a baller... Then you don't get the sneaker, but
2: please don't you, use that phrase. But you
0: could for two hundred and ninety nine dollars get the sandal.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The flip flop <laughs>
0: for three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollar <laughs> yeah, flip flop. you can afford a it, big baller so, brand. So,
2: so who who is he marketing to I, exactly? Is is it is, is this helping his son? Nothing no. makes me more annoyed than this father who cannot keep his trap shut. Enough already! Just. And, and and what i said at the beginning is i have nothing against lonzo yet it's starting it's starting to be i try to root for athletes because i know how hard it is for them to get to this point but lonzo is now on the precipice of millions of people wishing for his failure
1: right
0: That's the, right. the player because of nothing that he's done other than right. who he was born to
2: right and, and and i've heard other players professional athletes who have said Lonzo is now going to have to come in that that the, the transition, the, the life transition from college to pros in anything but also in athletics is the hardest transition of your life. And he's going to go into a place where everybody is already more successful than him, and they are going to be testing him from the moment he gets to that first practice. And they're going to test him. I've heard p- athletes say – people in the locker room are going to say stuff about his dad to him and see how he reacts to it, to see if he's his own man. This is not something that a father should be doing to his child. This is about his child's career. Jeff Ruppert, He already
1: failed in his Jeff career. Jeff
0: Ruppert, is that why you don't want Lonzo on this no, team? No,
1: I also question his uh, shooting motion when he takes a jump shot where he goes down first and, and, and then goes up. Uh, he's got a I, short
0: people shot like me, where it can be blocked.
1: Right, it could be blocked, and somebody could actually block it reason. as he's going up. Hey, my,
0: don't don't get on the the short people height thing again this week, okay? So I got a basketball court outside. We still have Come a, over we to we my still have
1: a 5'8 <laughs> running back on the Eagles. Jeff, but see, if if he's coming down, it gives enough time for the defender to to jump and and with his hand and block the ball going up and knock it out of his hand.
2: He shoots from his waist instead of his chest. Okay, so it, I, I have a problem with yeah.
1: that. I don't I don't I don't want Lavar Ball, the father, to come to Philadelphia and and tell Coach Brown how to how to coach. Uh,
2: here's and, what, and,
1: here's and to interrupt all the other players that want to play.
2: Here's what's gonna happen. Let's say the draft the the lottery happens Tuesday and, and the Sixers end up with the second pick and the Lakers ends up with the third pick.
0: You think they trade and the Lakers take how,
2: the pick? How fast are you gonna hear LeVar Ball talk about how he doesn't want to come to the Sixers?
0: You, going to you, say it right what's away. What's the over-under on how many minutes after that
2: Look, I'm fine
0: that. with it. I don't want Lonzo here, but I, I just don't think he's going to fit in with the players that are here in that's this fu- offense that's separate fine, from but, everything else.
2: That's fine, but my point is, is, is that it's not the father's place to be saying this. It's the son's place. He's an adult now. He's going to be a professional. He's responsible for his own career. If you want to have your parents involved in some capacity, that's okay. I don't get the impression that Lonzo is sitting there cheering his dad on every time he opens his mouth and says things like uh, he could beat Michael Jordan. Now, Lonzo <laughs>
0: seems to realize that his dad is his dad. He just kind of, I don't think he likes it, but what can you do about his it? His dad's costing him money.
1: And, and he's got two brothers waiting to come out, right, in high school. Who oh, now need oh. a
0: new coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So Levor laughs> had to care of that. What, they have two
2: losses? No, and they were 30 and 3. I could see why he, the coach needed
0: to get 30 fired. 30 and 3, they, yeah. they had to replace the coach. And mm. that's the problem is you start to develop a reputation for the family. And people make judgments about the individuals based on the, the reputation they have for the family. So Lonzo could be the best person and the best player, but he's going to be judged preliminarily on the wrapping paper of Lavar. Did you see the one game, I don't know how many points, was it 100?
2: It was close to it. that the w- Sun that put w- up yeah. 100 points. And, and, and the way that he put him up is because the, the way they set up the offense is he would just stand on the offensive end. So every time they would play defense, they play defense with four people, and they'd throw the ball down to him on the other end of the court. It's 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 ridiculous. Hey, that'd be what, the, good what, if
0: they had him on their fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. so in high school. Look, like I'm saying, it, fantasy continues to expand. You never know I, I'm where it's telling going. You now. you've got to go to Gamblers Anonymous. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, please, I'm not doing fantasy high school, high school basketball. But that it is a problem that that you have for. For those players as they come in, we're going to have to watch and follow what happens with Lonzo and Lavar. We, we surely will have them continue to stay in the news, and I am sure that Jeff Cohen will continue to react every time Lavar does something with his dissatisfaction.
1: Uh, but, you're going to need some medicine if, uh, Levar, uh, if uh, Lonzo Ball comes here.
0: Yeah, how are you going to you deal with to,
1: that, Jeff? Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> uh, there's like, some doctors I can that's suggest.
0: Uh, that was hilarious. Well, let's talk about doctors real fast. Uh, the NFL Players Association filed a grievance against the NFL this week. Okay. Our, our legal professional here, explain to me what is going on, Jeff Cohen. Please. The NFL, the, um, contract between the
2: players and the, and the, uh, the, the league, it says that you have to follow the rule, the, the rule of law with regard to the issuance of painkillers. And so what they're saying is, is that painkillers were too available to the players, which led to them being addicted to them. Um, it's it's pretty much that simple. The problem with this is, is
0: whose fault is that? I was going to say, do the Players Association have a legitimate gripe there, or is it on the players themselves to it's, make the decision? To me- it's, From a legal liability standpoint,
2: well, I guess. Well, from a, a legal liability standpoint, they're adults. Um, so they should be able to manage their own health. The problem is I don't know what the situation was. I mean, you used to hear stories about players in the 70s and 80s where there would be bowls of painkillers. Lenny Deicher called
0: them greenies. Right. They and were in they, his locker.
2: They were they, they were like, you know, Peds. They could just grab it out, as many out of the bowl as they wanted. I don't know if that's – I doubt that's the situation, but they should not have been putting them on excessive
1: painkillers. Here, here's the thing. As As a nurse, one of my jobs is to always inform the patient's of the uses and the side effects and any contraindications of any medication that I give them. It, uh so if, if the doctors would have done that in the uh in the locker room. do we whoever, know for
0: sure that they did
1: well that's the issue uh, uh, that's the issue right because if they didn't inform them that uh you you can't take the uh painkillers and and alcohol at the same time, then they failed to uh, inform them of well, alcohol really is not, important
2: yeah but alcohol's not the issue the issue is just excessive painkillers there there was i don't think there's well, any any complaint that they that, that they were giving uh recommendations that they they should take alcohol and, and painkillers at the same time. From, from the issue is, is you know, you're know, you only supposed to take a certain amount of medication before one doesn't have an effect or two becomes something that you could drastically get addicted to. Well, and I think that that's the concern that they're having is that they could become addicted to this. And if I'm a player, yes, I rely on what a doctor tells me. So as long as the doctor is saying it's okay, the, the question is going to be is, were doctors doing what they were supposed to, right. or whether the teams were just making these available like Tic Tacs.
1: Right, yeah, and that's, and that's that's an issue. There's a lawsuit filed by more than 1,800 former NFL players. Uh, they allege the teams improperly distributed and administered painkillers, which helped lead to the grievance. So mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. if you
0: look at, uh, there was a study that I saw outside the lines had about painkiller use. It was a study of research conducted by Washington University in St. Louis, it showed that retired NFL players misuse opioid pain medications at a rate four times higher than the general population. And new evidence, evidence suggests it's occurring because they misused during their NFL careers. So the key findings, they had 52% of retired players said they used prescription pain medication during their play, playing days. Of those, 71% said they misused the drugs then, and 15% of the misusers acknowledged misusing the medication within the past 30 days. You know who has the answer to this whole problem? Who?
2: Snoop Dogg. Who
0: does? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. There Mm -hmm. you go. Well, 63% of of retired players who use prescription pain pills said they obtained it from a non-medical source, a coach, a trainer, a family member, or the internet. That should not happen. So again, you get down to the liability and who's responsible. I, I mean, let's be honest, okay? It is at a higher rate in the NFL, but this is a societal problem of opioid abuse and painkillers and addiction. And uh, I can sympathize, I I can't empathize because I haven't been a player, but I can only imagine the pain of your body the day after a game when you're trying to get yourself back to practice. And you believe that in order to be a good teammate, you have to be out there. No matter how much pain you're in, you have to be tough and tough it out and be out there. Mm -hmm. But what are we asking of players that they become addicted in order to continue to do that. They shouldn't be allowed to. Uh, There should be somebody there
2: that is policing, making sure that they don't get too much medication, that they end up addicted.
1: Right. That's the trainers that have been handing them out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I
2: assume that it's not their private doctors. I assume it's what's going on in the locker room. Otherwise, there'd be no grievance by the NFL. are there
0: state laws that they would be violating, though, if they were giving out these? Well,
2: that, well, that's, that's part of the grievance. They're saying that as part of their collective bargaining agreement, that whatever
0: the laws are in the state, that the teams also have to follow that. So is this a financial thing or a criminal thing that it's That's, illegal to do? It's it's a financial thing. They're not looking to arrest people for the support.
2: NFLPA is not looking for criminal prosecution. The NFLPA is looking, looking
0: to for financial for money. support. Yeah. Uh, Roger Goodell was asked about medical marijuana as an alternative. That's why I was mentioning Snoop Dogg. And he well he's not there with recreational marijuana mm-hmm. yet, but with uh, medical marijuana, he said uh, recently before the Super Bowl that, uh, there are changes. Medical marijuana is something that's evolving and that's something that at some point the medical advisors may come to us and say, this is something you should consider. So as society keeps changing, I wonder if we move away from the pushing of pills on players and the opportunity to relieve their pain in, in other ways. I'm, I'm not sure where the NFL will come down on that, but, I wonder if they're going to be pushed towards medical marijuana because of the potential financial liability. That's that's the wrong
2: phrase to use. You shouldn't be pushing anybody towards anything. But but here's one of the problems they're going to have is that the use of medical marijuana is state by state. So what happens if, if they have it in Florida and Washington state, but they don't have it in Pennsylvania? So now you have players in certain states that are going to have a competitive advantage over those that that live or work in states where they don't have it. When I say
0: push, I meant the NFL itself to allow medical marijuana as an option because of the potential liability of the opioid abuse. If they become found liable for the opioids and painkillers that they are prescribing, money is the ultimate driver. And so they'll look for something that's a solution that does not leave them liable. So if doctors recommend medical marijuana... I could see that as an avenue that they would go. Jeff, you don't seem to like that.
1: No, uh, I remember Chip Kelly and his uh, nutrition program. And the Eagles uh, had to go on uh, smoothies and, and different things. Uh, that didn't work either. <laughs> well, well, we didn't do it long enough I think to find there, out. And I think there's a difference right?
0: between drinking a smoothie and medical marijuana for pain. I, again, we have well, to well, uh, have what's to in the, the same context. I mean, if you're putting <laughs> narcotics in the smoothie, then maybe that'll make you <laughs> yeah. feel better. But otherwise, it's going to make you full. It's, it, it, you may want to have the smoothie after the medical marijuana. But what you know, I'm just saying. I I think that the NFL is often pushed to take actions because of the p- potential economic ramifications of what goes on, i.e. concussions. And so I wonder with painkillers if they may be pushed to do things that they wouldn't normally do because of that. Guys, last minute. They'll have minute. to
2: do it, dragging, dragging, kicking, and screaming just the way they did with concussions.
1: I well, what, lidocaine seems to help uh, NBA players uh, that squirt, that freeze that on and freeze the knee and freeze the area. That works pretty well until until they get in the locker room and they can't walk. (laughs) Which then becomes a problem.
0: Last words, guys, before we finish up to join our listeners next week. Oh, I hope
1: the Phillies... uh, uh, fix their bullpen issues this week
0: in one week you think it'll all be fixed they'll move velasquez to the That's bullpen what i was going
1: to say did that just happen
0: and it'll all be better <laughs> right
1: and uh happy
2: mother's day to all those mothers out there because yes. tomorrow is mother's day
0: and my yeah. wife who's a first time mom with our newborn That's thank right, you yeah. everybody happy for you joining holidays. us this week on the heart of sports make sure to join us at our new time and day next saturday at 1 p.m thanks everyone for listening and we look forward to talking to you next week Bye bye